This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Need powerful software designed specifically for your nonprofit to help you manage your finances, people, and fundraising in one easy platform? Check out Outplus. One of the newest features they have is Text to Give. Grow your active donors and increase donations by leveraging the convenience of your donors' mobile devices. Type this into your internet browser podcast.aplos.com and use promo code BUYNOW50, spelled B-U-Y-N-O-W-5-0, to get Aplos for less than $1 a day for your first six months. Again, that's podcast.aplos.com and use promo code BUYNOW50. Welcome, everybody, to the show. What do you do when your dream of building a successful organization actually comes true, but your rise to success is so rapid and intense, it actually threatens to blow up your life in the process? For many of you who lead in the nonprofit world, my guess is you've experienced this with your organization or at some time in your career, and you've struggled to find a sustainable balance to your life and your work. My guests today have been there. On the verge of burnout and wanting to quit the organization that they had built, they found along the way a more sustainable way to grow their company while still enjoying their life. My guests today are Michael and Catherine Redmond. They're entrepreneurs who have been in business together for 18 years, offering marketing and consulting services to nonprofits and small businesses. In the process of growing their business, the Redmonds learned some hard lessons they want to help others navigate. And their new book, Fulfilled, is the resource they wished they had. Enjoy today's show. Well, Michael and Catherine, it's great to have you on the show. You have a great story of how you started a successful company, but it hit the wall of sustainability when your, quote, success put too much pressure on your structure and your internal processes to keep going. Uh, talk about that moment when you knew you could not continue doing the same thing, but expecting different results. What was that turning point? And tell us about that moment. That's a great question. So the moment, I, I would say for me, the moment was, uh, and we're talking like 2008, 2009, probably 2009, pulled into the parking lot of um, the office that we have here. And I, it was Monday morning and I was like, I do not want to cross the threshold of my business. I, I'm, I am sick of this, of this thing. I don't want to do this. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like who, not, not, I don't like who I'm working with, but I'm just struggling with every component, what we're doing. Um, I mean, she liked me. I liked Michael. Yeah. But (laughs) <laughs> we had we had made some crummy choices with hiring where the people were great people but not a good fit for who we are as leaders. It, it, we had had some clients that were just um, super obnoxious. We had grown too fast. We just were crazy. And I just thought, I do not want to go to work. And I thought, oh, no, we built this thing, and I want to close up shop and go get a job and work for someone else where I have no responsibility. <laughs> so that was the moment for me. For me, the probably, you know, in the middle of that season, we had grown 400%. I mean, we had all the dreams and all the, you know, it was like the fairy tale for the entrepreneur. You're going to grow. You're growing a your company. It's been going well. But all of a sudden, you get the break. 
And it always happens in a break. It's something you've just, maybe you've been working hard to prepare for, but you get this opportunity. And we just hit this market for us because we do marketing and advertising and business consulting. And, and we hit this market that's spread across the country. And it was just the freakiest thing. It was toenail fungus. And when we, we which made for a really great dinner conversation, by the way. I mean, friends would look at you and like, "What are you doing? What you're what?" And we're eating dinner, and no, but this is great. We're doing great. We're growing, but we grew so fast. And and it's one thing to say, uh, as everybody in business often knows, growing is like your dream, but growing can kill you. But it's really hard to slow it down. And as we moved along, we had been um, just trying to figure out, okay. We built ourselves into this situation where 400% growth and all the things Catherine said, and we just grown past our own leadership. Mm-hmm. We had literally grown a company beyond what we could lead, and that was a challenging moment. And and we were like, we've got to do something different. We either have to shut this down or we've got to change, and we decided to change. One of the things that stood out to me in your story was your realization from the research you were doing at the time, and namely a book by Jim Clifton, who was the CEO of Gallup at the time, that the number one thing people were looking for in our world was a good job. And there are all kinds of books, of course, right? And there's podcasts and articles about job performance and the culture of a company and, or an organization and what it takes to create a good working environment. What did you find that helped you clarify what, quote, good really means when it comes to people who are looking for a job? Well, he made it really easy because in the book, he actually, it came out of the survey uh, in their very beginning research, and now they've expanded on it. But there were five core points. And when you looked at those five core points, about three-fourths of the way through the book, what you saw were aspects of, the first thing was most people don't get a, a paycheck from one company with a minimum of 30 hours a week. So you're like, okay, check, we hire people and we do that, that's great. and and at least in our situation, even though in America there's a lot of people that don't have that, that that wasn't an issue. The other four revolved around are people engaged? Like, do they believe that their work matters? Do they have, are they close in relationship to people that they work with? Do they enjoy them and and, uh, are close and have friendships? Do they believe that somebody in leadership cares about them, actually cares about them, and their personal development and their professional development. And then, and do they feel like they're, they're part of a team? So these kind of these extra four questions or these extra four points were really about, do I matter? Do I have purpose? Do I believe I have the skills to do it or I'm being trained to accomplish it so that what I'm being asked to do, I have the capability of doing? And it just seemed like, okay, this seems like elementary at the same time it's eluding so many people because it's, I don't know, it's so simple. It requires dignity. It requires leadership. You actually have to stop. If you're going to conclude those other four things, you actually have to stop as a leader and think, I can't just keep doing 10 other things that I'm doing. I have to actually pay attention to my people and make sure that some of these elements are there. And, and I'm one of these leaders that I love a, a formula as much as possible, and then I riff off of the formula. Um, and I'm a drummer too, so that, that, that musical reference, but, um, you, you look at it and you go, okay, what is this? And when, when we were flying across the Atlantic to Ireland and then to England to visit Catherine's mom, I was reading this book for the first time. It was, you know, the, we were still in the throes of the end of the great recession and 
I mean, I just, I'm literally almost crying on the airplane because I, this is something that I go, I wanted this for very long and I didn't have, I had some good leaders and some good employers, but I didn't have all of them were great. And I wanted us to do that. And I'm like, okay, how do we lean into helping create these jobs? And that ultimately led to, we have a passion for our fellow leaders. So we want to help leaders of small businesses because if we can do that, maybe we can make a huge impact in this issue of creating good jobs. Yeah. And I think that one of the, I think one of the illusions in nonprofit is that because you're a nonprofit, the meaning is obvious and the purpose is obvious mm-hmm. and people aren't going to lose track of that. And we have worked with tons of nonprofits from super small, you know, one or two man shops to um, seven figure, you know, multi-million dollar nonprofits, you know, ARC and uh, community action agency and then some smaller ones. But one of the things that is so real is that there are so many folks working in these organizations that just feel like a cog in a wheel. And even though the nonprofit itself has great meaning and purpose and probably drew them to it because of the cause or whatever it was that they were serving, somewhere in the middle of the leadership and the way that the culture of those of those organizations works, the leaders expecting them to find their own meaning and define their own purpose and understand for themselves how they connect to it and what they're doing in the middle of it um, that actually contributes. And I think that that's a, not an easy leap for some people, um, that self-motivation, that inner ability to generate purpose and meaning. And, and a leader, a good leader has to help the folks in that organization to connect to the meaning of that organization on an ongoing way. Yeah, and I'll add to that because I think that's really good. Um, one of the things that we see with our consulting clients and a lot of our friends that are in the nonprofit world is the nonprofits, you, there's so much work that goes into a nonprofit, and it's usually most of the time they're not rewarded financially um, for multiple reasons. Uh, they don't see the reward that a for-profit company can or has the opportunity to see. But the people, so you think, okay, here's this mission, everything else, but you're working so hard and pedaling so fast to try and tread water in these, in these organizations. And you're literally trying to put a plane together with bailing wire and duct tape. And all of a sudden you, it's super easy to lose track of why am I doing this? And as a leader, we've got to remind our people why we're doing it. So, I mean, that's a lot of answer there for you, but that's really when you get into that, that's that core piece underneath it all. You had read many books that talked about dreaming of a better company, right? Dreaming of a better life, dreaming of a better idea. But you found that there were very few books that actually spelled out how to implement those dreams. So maybe talk a little bit more about your journey as to what you learned about how to implement one's dreams. Yeah. Wow. That is a really good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, I think one of the things that we realized that was really a struggle for us as, as we read, and, and I'll confess, Michael is the reader and then he tells me tons of stuff. Um, but, and then I go and I read the things that he says, <laughs> you have to read this, right? Um, so one of the things though that we found to be true is that there were a ton of books out there and especially books on how to do stuff or whatever. And they were written by people who along the way had blown up their lives. Mm. And that was a really interesting challenge for us because it's like, okay, you have some really good ideas in here, but you did this and in the middle of it, you lost your relationship with your kids and, and you're no longer married. And so how do I, how do I model after that? And where's, where are the leaders who didn't blow up their lives that can tell me how to do this? So that was, that was part of the struggle. Yeah. Wow. 
one of the things that happened in a lot of those books is uh, just exactly what Catherine was saying, that there was a, a question that was left on the table for both of us. If your formula makes a successful organization, profit or nonprofit, and, you know, we've been involved in so many nonprofits over the last 40 years. Uh, I mean, my first one was Boy Scouts, and it's just continued from there. I was going to say, boy, you just made it sound like um, we're like 82. Well, no, but... <laughs> You forget, I've only we, been involved in nonprofits for like 10 years. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay. See, this is what she does to me right now. All right. So uh, we really are happily married. Um, so we're, so it, from all these different experiences of, of everything from being a kid in the midst of it, you're doing fundraisers, you're doing all these, these different aspects. You're like, okay, but it's still, you got to make a profit and you got to bring in the money and you got to do all these things. And when I was reading through these books, no matter what they were, the formulas were like, okay, if that makes it successful, but you're miserable at home or you have no life or the book that tells you you actually have to sleep at work. I actually read a book that said if you're going to make it as an entrepreneur, you should be working 90 plus hours a week. It's like this is insane. It's not even mentally or physically healthy for you, let alone healthy for any other life. And then there are some people who just say, well, you shouldn't have another life. And if we're especially in the, leader, in the nonprofit area, we're trying to improve humanity. We're trying to improve the condition of humanity in most nonprofits. And so if we're not thinking about a model that does that, then we have to. The other thing that was really interesting is how to, where we were looking for that place that combined the nuts and bolts of running an organization successfully, making sure that the, the bottom line was solid and healthy, and then socially it was healthy, but then also combine that relational, how do I grow as a leader? Because it's amazing how the leadership books talk about leadership. The business books talk about running a business. But there's very I, – like I really don't have any in my library right now that, that talk about the nuts and bolts of an organization and running the business and how do you grow as a leader and how does those two impact each other. And it's and so we were like, okay, we, we've got to figure this out more and more. What's the formula we're going to use and as we continue to watch, find mentors – experiment and then take what we had learned in life and our own leadership development, then all of a sudden over the years, this started happening. And eventually that led us to the book because we were encouraged by so many people, including our leadership coach, uh, which we believe is super important in leadership. If you want to grow, then he said, you got to write this stuff down. And we really re resisted that for probably six years. And then finally got on it and said, okay, this is important. Actually, it's, it's, it would be helpful, and it's turned out to be very helpful. So that well, was kind of that journey. Yeah, and we wanted, we really want. I'll just say one more thing about it. We really wanted, um, once we kind of understood where we were going, what we were trying to do, we coined this term that we call passion and provision, and it really is about what does it look like to do something that that I'm gifted and skilled and excited to do, um, that I can, you know, can be my contribution. I can be super excited about, but also make a living doing it. And one of the, uh, again, myths in the nonprofit world is if I just start this thing and I'm passionate about it, the money will come. And we all know um, that in a nonprofit, it's the provision piece is often challenging. So how do you grow an organization that has both passion, the, the thing that you're trying to solve, the big problem that, that drove you to start this thing, but then also actually make a living doing that and, and allow for the people that are working with you and for you to make a living doing it. Uh, so 
that passion and provision piece is really part of the dream in our heart is how do we help train people into um, running a passion and provision organization. Well, we are supported by Cinch Web Services, your best choice for WordPress support. We have a special offer for those who listen to the show. Cinch is the best choice you can make for WordPress and WooCommerce support. They're experts at solving all sorts of website issues, from big problems like fixing a completely broken site to the tiniest of details that are stumping you. Cinch offers ongoing support plans starting at just $99 a month, which covers all mandatory website maintenance tasks, plus 30-minute fixes for free. I personally use Cinch for my websites, and I can say that the support and expertise I've received from them is top-notch. They're great to work with, and I no longer need to worry about the health or status of our websites because Cinch is there for us. Now, here's the best part. You can get 50% off your first month of support at cinchws.com slash nonprofit leadership, and just use the promo code leadership during checkout. Once again, that's cinchws.com slash nonprofit leadership and use the promo code leadership for 50% off your first month of support. We want to thank Cinch for sponsoring our show and for being a reliable support team we can trust. Need powerful software designed specifically for your nonprofit to help you manage your finances, people, and fundraising in one easy platform? Check out Outplus. One of the newest features they have is Text to Give. Grow your active donors and increase donations by leveraging the convenience of your donors' mobile devices. Type this into your internet browser, podcast.applos.com, and use promo code BUYNOW50, spelled B-U-Y-N-O-W-5-0, to get Applos for less than $1 a day for your first six months. Again, that's podcast.applos.com, and use promo code BUYNOW50. Hey, everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows that will be actually sent right to your inbox. And that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. This show is dedicated to leadership and specifically to the nonprofit sector. And so perhaps you could talk a little bit more. You've already done this a bit, but um, from all you've learned, what is the most important lesson you have learned and want to pass on to my listeners about leadership? You know, I was having a conversation with um, my closest friend who runs a nonprofit here in Chico, and, and we were just chatting about just this concept. I, and I said to her, if you had a room full of nonprofit leaders and she is a nonprofit leader, what would you say? Um, and I was just curious about that. And, and her advice, which I really like and resonates with how we think, too, is you have to you have to build relationships. You have to you can't stay in your silo. Um, and and part of that is, you know, the reality in nonprofit is you absolutely have to raise money. <laughs> That's the bane of of the challenge. Right. Um, you actually have to raise money and to raise money. You need to be in relationships. 
And so we, we talk about this concept and it's from an old book that was called Dig Your Wells Before You're Thirsty. Mm-hmm. And it's this concept of you, you need to be networking with people and getting to know them and providing value to them, whether you serve on other people's boards, whether you, you know, are um, just involved in what they're doing, but you can't just live in your little silo as a nonprofit leader. Um, you've, you've got to actually move and grow through um, connecting with other people in order to be successful. Well, and the story about gr- digging your well, I think, illustrates this really well. Um, you, there was a conversation between several men. They were at the racquetball club. This is dated a little bit. Nobody plays racquetball. Very few people play racquetball anymore. <laughs> I know somebody out there is going to go, I play racquetball. Um, <laughs> and and what they were somehow the conversation between these guys as they're sitting around at the end of the of the afternoon, it went to this. Uh, one of those theory questions. Okay, so if you had to call somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning for help, how many people could you call? And they went around the list, and one guy said, you know, a couple, and and another one agreed, and then another one said, oh, I think I could get to four or five. And, and they got around to this one guy. He's the guy that wrote the book. And he said, about 50. And they looked at him, and they laughed at him. And, I mean, obviously, they all knew him, but he said it was one of those things where he said, because – I've been there for at least, I know I've been there for at least 50 people. And, and that is the, that's it. It's like, have, are you there for people and are you caring and are you pouring in or are you just about business that helps you and benefits you and move on? And because at some point we all are going to need to dip into something that is beyond what we have. We're all going to need help. And that only comes really from us helping others before we need it. Yeah, and I think I'm going to cheat because because cheat. I can. I am. I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. And that is that as a leader, it's super, super important that you realize that you never get to stop growing, that you have to be cultivating mm. what we call in the book your inner game and your outer game, right? You, you have to be growing everything inside of you that, that feeds into how you think and your mindset and your worldview and all of those things. You have to be going after that stuff and working through it and and becoming more mature as a leader, more emotionally intelligent, better at relationships, better at getting stuff done. You have to keep growing. So I think that's the other thing that I would say. Yeah. I, can I throw one more thing in? <laughs> We're so cheating. Rob, can I throw one more thing in? <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. You got it. Okay. So um, one of the things that happens as leaders, I think it's for, uh, really important for our own mental and emotional health is to get together with other leaders. But the, the older we get, the more developed we get as leaders the pool actually becomes smaller of people that understand the journey. And it's super important to share that. And I'm out last night uh, with a dear friend of ours who's a leader of a nonprofit here in, in our city, and a fairly significant one with a fairly large budget. And so he's got lots of staff and everything else. And he's one of the few people that I actually, Catherine and I, we have a, a small group of these folks that we share with deeply. So he and I were out until like 11:30 last night. Um I think an hour and a half of the conversation was in the parking lot of the restaurant we were at after they closed and kicked us out. And and we were talking about this whole idea as leaders. One of the things that's super critical for us is to make sure that we're good gatekeepers of our own emotional health. And you want to share what you want what that gatekeeper means is imagine a, a target of concentric circles going out from the center. And imagine each one of those lines is a, a fence. And they each have a gate in them. And the inner, inner, inner part is your inner, inner 
part of your soul, that, that part that you just share with very, very, very few people. And one of the things we were talking about last night, because we, we both understand this concept and don't overshare and how do you manage people that are healthy and unhealthy. But as leaders, one of the things you have to start assessing and evaluating is when I share my struggles with somebody else, the more people that I'm leading, the farther along I get, the more people actually, you have to evaluate if they can handle it or not. And so there's a lot of self-monitoring that you have to do when you share and who you share with, because we were both swapping stories last night of feeling like we could share with the people we were leading some really personal things because we had been with them so long and we overwhelmed them and kind of freaked them out. And we both had several stories about it. And you're like, yeah, we can't do that. That's not something we can do anymore. So we have to be careful with that. So finding somebody you can share with and being careful who they are as you monitor as opposed to just kind of like being a bad gatekeeper and letting everybody come and go and know all your stuff. And then in the nonprofit world, sometimes that's held as, well, you're being really authentic and vulnerable and just letting everybody know what's going on. And yeah, that ain't, that's not always healthy. <laughs> You've mentioned this a couple of times, but you've got a new book out called Fulfilled. And uh, if you were to boil down to one sentence, I know this may be difficult, but if you were to boil down to one sentence, why this book is a must read for my listeners, what would that one sentence be? Fulfilled is a step-by-step framework that helps you build or grow an organization that is both fiscally and financially sound and thriving and successful and fulfilling and purposeful and leaves a legacy. Catherine, what would you add to that? I mean, I part of it is even just the subtitle of the book, right? It's called Fulfilled. And the subtitle is A Passion and Provision Strategy to Build a Business with Profit, Purpose, and Legacy. So I think that's actually a pretty good sentence. And and somebody once told us recently that read the book that it's kind of like a mini MBA in entrepreneurship. So if you're just starting or you're early in like a great primer, essentially, um, on entrepreneurship and on leadership. But even if you're five to 10 years in, which we've had people like that too, it's, they've said it's got, it's just full of valuable lessons and kind of a new recipe for how to think about business. That was like 15 sentences. I am such a cheater. You definitely were cheating on that one, but <laughs> well, I love it. Well, so for my listeners, uh, you could tell that the Redmonds have a lot of energy. They have a lot of enthusiasm. And so I encourage you to check out their book, Fulfilled. And also just for those who are listening and maybe the first time running across your names, how can they find out more about you and about your new book? Yeah. So um, easiest way is to go to fulfilledthebook.com. That is fulfilledthebook.com. Um, so we're selling, uh, we sell the book on Amazon and multiple versions and then, um, but on fulfilledthebook.com, it's 50% off and, um, that will also be a place to connect with us, which is fun. Great. Well, hey, Michael and Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. I encourage my listeners to check it out. I'll put a link when I post this podcast and you can go straight to the book's page and check it out for yourself. But again, just thanks for all you're doing. Love your enthusiasm and, uh, thanks for taking time today to be on the show. Oh, thank Thanks you, for Rob. Having us, this Rob. Is great. Super fun. Hey, friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. 
give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.